Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are. Welcome to Living Truthfully, the podcast. How you doing? My name is Amani Maranga, and uh, I'm very grateful that you're listening to me, you're listening to this podcast, and thank you for all the great feedback and all the uh, messages of goodwill that you sent to me uh, over the last podcast that I told you I'm unwell. Now, I promised you that I was going to talk to Dr. Ngari. So, uh, Dr. Ngari is uh, one of the doctors that took care of me during the time I had COVID. And uh, I want to go straight into that conversation. So, allow me to just call Dr. Ngari. And uh, we'll talk to him. He has some radical thinking about uh, COVID and the treatment of COVID. Uh, so, allow me to just uh, make the call. Hello. Hello, Dr. Wahome Ngari. How are you, sir? I'm very well. And let me, let me, let me also put it up front that uh, Dr. Wahome is also you know, related to me. He's my uncle. And so thank you so much for doing this, Dagitari. Yes, I'm Karibu Sana. So first and foremost, I want to talk about uh, this video that, uh, you know, that even prompted me to call you. Mm-hmm. Because you know, there's you started you started a conversation, and the Catholic Doctors Association, the chairperson, also started a, a conversation around the treatment of COVID. And and in this video, you say that you know it's treatable, and most most of the COVID deaths that we have experienced m- might not be necessary. Why? Explain to me. Yes. You know what what that thought process is. Yes, well, um, you, you know that uh, we started hearing about this disease um, late 2018. Yes. Um, and by the time uh, we were getting to, to March or thereabouts, it was already in the country. Yes. And very little was known about this disease other than it was uh, respiratory and it was causing um, you know, difficulties uh, in breathing and it was killing people. Mm. And uh, it was a very, very tough period for, for anybody in clinical practice mm. because uh, we could see Europe and the, the, the challenges they were going through. We could see the suffering and there was no treatment that was available or known at that point in time. Yeah. And uh, being uh, doctors, um, we were expected to basically still take care of patients and we still needed to be available for our patients. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it was it was a very difficult time. Um, the government said we close uh, hospitals, close clinics. Um, if you're not in essential services, then you must go home and stay at home. Mm. Now, I happen to be a gynecologist, mm-hmm. and uh, the children refused to be locked down. Yes. <laughs> uh, they continued coming. They, they didn't care that there was COVID. There was, there was no lockdown in the wombs. <laughs> there was no lockdown in the wombs. Uh, in fact, some of those activities created even more work. Yes, yes. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but um, so for us, we didn't close. We couldn't. Yes. Uh, it was totally impossible. We continued working, and the, the call of duty was very clear. Mm. Then um, we start uh, hearing um, stories of doctors who have found uh, effective treatment. Mm. You know, uh, people who are trying what is called repurposed drugs. So there was one field that was running 
with creating vaccines. There was another one that was trying to create new antiretroviral vaccine, a uh, tablet. Yeah. Uh, then there was another arm that was looking at what are called repurposed drugs. Mm-hmm. These are drugs that already exist yeah. uh, that have uh, been found to be promising against viruses. Mm. And this, uh, some of these were mainly from the, the SARS experience in 2003. Yes, and, and that, that's, uh, allow me to just jump in there and say we, we had experience with SARS. Yes. Uh, or, or SARS was the one that was bad flu, was it? Yeah, um, I don't know whether, I can't remember what uh, name there, there, there was. There was bad flu and there was swine flu. Yes, there uh, <laughs> Yes, and, and so, yes. I mean, we, 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 ha- we already had, had some experience with some, in, you know, interesting viruses. That's what you're saying from a medical perspective. Yes. Yes. Now, some, some, uh, as people are trying to look for treatment, because uh, the SARS uh, of 2003 had a very high effect, um, uh, death rate. Um, it, it's actually the case fatality rate was about 11 to 12 percent compared to this one that is 1.75 uh, percent or 2 percent. Eh? Wow. Mm. Uh, so the, the, the people had really looked to see are there other drugs that can be used? Yeah. And and um, so um, we started hearing those stories, and, and one of the most interesting one was uh, by a doctor called Zelenko, mm-hmm. who is an American doctor, yeah. a GP practitioner, mm-hmm. and uh, and he in he in the desperate state he was in because in the U.S. they were hit much earlier than us. Yeah, uh, he then uh, looked around and saw that in Eastern in Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a doctor who had used um, an antibiotic called azithromycin together with um, uh, with hydrochloroquine, mm-hmm. and then he found another one who had used uh, zinc and hydrochloroquine. Mm-hmm. And all he did was uh, he looked at the hydrochloroquine; it was common, mm-hmm. and he created a combination of of three: mm-hmm. so hydrochloroquine, zinc, and, and, uh, azithrom- and, uh, and azithromycin. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he gave this to his patients, and he only gave it to, because they already had statistics, and majority of the people who are dying were over 65 mm. with chronic diseases. He only gave his treatment to those who are um, either very sick, so if you are young and you had very strong symptoms, mm-hmm. or if you are over the age of 65 and you had those other risk factors. Mm. And uh, he was able to see very quickly from just anecdotal observation mm. that uh, when he put his patients on those treatments, they were not uh, ending up in hospital. Wow. And those who did not take the medicine ended up being admitted. Wow. And he very quickly talked about this. He's the one who told uh, President Trump about hydrochloroquine and that stuff. Yes. Uh, but then he didn't have sufficient data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, the whole world is saying, show us data, you know, how can we believe you, you know, you have just noticed this thing. Yeah. Which is a big mistake in an emergency. Uh, in an emergency, you take information like that, you try it yourself, if it works, you also say it is working. If it doesn't work, then you know it is not working, but you don't dismiss yes. uh, somebody, especially when the drugs they're using are not poisonous. Yes, yes. So, so basically, he was the first one to say this, and he made it very clear that hydrochloroquine must be taken together with zinc. Yes. But if you take any one of them alone, then it's not useful. Mm. So uh, that was uh, the initial story. Now, remember, this is around March. We are starting to hear the stories here in May. Eh? Yes. 
by the time uh, he it reached about June, mm-hmm. he was able to do a retrospective study, study look backwards three months, mm-hmm. look at the patients he started on treatment up to that point in time, yeah. and he was actually able to demonstrate that 85% of the people he put on the treatment did not go into hospital. Wow. They did not develop severe disease and they did not need admission. Mm. Then the scientific world said that uh, whatever he's published is basically not in uh, in renowned medical journals mm. that you know it is it is not peer reviewed eh? mm. mm. and and uh, and uh, it, it took um a group of doctors uh, i think from germany mm-hmm. to help him put together his study mm-hmm. into uh, a mm. protocol that could then be published yeah and it was not until december that the final publication was actually uh, put in peer reviewed journals Wow. Now, the, the the problem here is that we lost almost uh, six, six months. Six, months. Yeah. Just because people would not believe uh, a doctor who had nothing to gain by saying that treatment is available. Um, then uh, in, in, in June, July, uh, a group of doctors in Australia uh, had uh, looked at... Uh, a drug that is called ivermectin, mm. and ivermectin is basically used this, this, this is the, worms. the deworming drug, And they had used it because it had been shown to be useful against SARS in 2003 mm-hmm. and against other viruses previously. Mm-hmm. So really it was just checking to see whether it would work against this one. Yeah. And they found it was very highly effective in the laboratory. Wow. And therefore, people started using it and, and treating. And very soon, a lot of papers were generated from all over the world to show that it is extremely, extremely effective in the treatment for this disease. And again, uh, that was not taken seriously because it was not published. So mm-hmm. from June, again, it was not until December that we had these uh, drugs available. Uh, now, um, you imagine, I mean, that state from March... I am working with patients. I'm going to work. I do not have treatment. The only way I can protect myself and my patients is um, is wearing masks, the social distancing. Yeah. And then you start hearing this very useful information. Mm. And then it is rubbish because there is no published data. Yeah. And we started using the medication. Mm. And, uh, and slowly we were able to demonstrate that even for our own patients, it mm. was very promising. And and that's how uh, that process started. So um, now, when you when you when you look for data, you find a lot of information on on ivermectin. Mm. The data that is available on hydrochloroquine, of course, they did their studies without. Uh, first, they gave it very late. Yeah. After the the chest symptoms had already occurred, which is not what was recommended. Yeah. And number two is that um, they give it alone mm. or they give the zinc alone yeah, so and they they to give the combination. Yes. So obviously the, the science there is biased. Yeah. Uh, but in practice we can see a lot of benefits and we have used it very effectively. So I'm, I'm wondering to myself yes. why, why this conversation is not being had by every doctor. And, and the reason I'm, I'm, I'm saying this is because when I went to hospital, mm-hmm. I was unwell. I had been unwell for two days, for three days, mm-hmm. actually. 
and mm. and uh, i went in and and the doctor you know advised that we test for covid as to rule it out okay yeah mm. um so i went i tested for covid <clears throat> um and and the doctor wrote you know wrote a prescription for some drugs before mm. my test is out eh? mm. uh that i could i could go home with to manage the symptoms okay so i was given a cough syrup Mm-hmm. I was given because I was coughing. I was given paracetamol for fever. Mm-hmm. I was given zinc. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then you know the rest of uh, the rest of the drugs I got were, bec- you know, I manage high blood pressure. So that's one of the reasons I was going to hospital. I was going to get a li- refill for my blood yeah. pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. So the next day, uh, mm-hmm. that was a Tuesday. So the next day in the morning, I wake up and I have uh, I, I get this email. Yeah. And this email has my results. Yeah. And I'm covid positive. Wow. And I also get the you know the email comes with the Ministry of Health guidelines mm-hmm. on home care. Yeah. But the guidelines don't tell me what to take. They don't they, they don't tell me. They don't they don't give me medication. Yeah. They just talk about, you know, isolation you know the steps that someone should take if that if they're giving care to someone who has covid you know mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. N- no information that tells me what to do with this positive result with the positive result that yeah. i've gotten mm-hmm. now that i know i'm positive i i don't want to walk around and yeah. infect other people mm-hmm. but the hospital also the doctors do not tell me how to treat it you know yeah. and i had to find that information for myself Mm. which uh, first i think i mean there's something very broken about that system you know mm. Mm. uh and 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 thankfully now one of the one of the people that i asked to you know who, that i told I was positive in fact what happened is that everyone had interacted with the week before i felt mm-hmm. a responsibility to let them know that okay. I have, that i've contracted covid yeah. so that they can check out for symptoms as well and mm-hmm. and if they see those symptoms then they know what to do go get tested mm-hmm. or or start taking medication mm-hmm. so one of those people was pastor moridi wanjao because i'd been with him on saturday uh, just a saturday okay. before when i started feeling ill and he sent yeah. me this video now with your information and that's when i called you okay. and uh, you know very quickly i was able to know get this medication you know mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. you asked me what i had you mm-hmm. advised me to get the hydrochloroquine the azithromycin uh and before long you know i was taking drugs and i was uh getting better you know i mean i did have a few dark days but i yes. i knew i i already knew that i was doing the right thing mm. the reason i'm giving this narrative is because i'm asking myself why you know why aren't these doctors or why didn't that doctor tell me in case you get a positive result this is what you do mm. you know in case you get yep. a negative result then this is what could be happening i didn't have that guidance if it wasn't for you i would have been completely lost mm. what 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 is what is holding them back i i it's a difficult is a difficult question and um i think it is uh, it boils down to the independence of the medical practitioner mm-hmm. um one of the things that happens in our medical training is that um you leave medical school knowing that you 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 hold 
all the essays. Mm. Uh, the, the, the patient, it's you who will guide the patient on what will, they will do. Mm. And uh, based on your guidance, then uh, they may get better, they may get worse. Yeah. And it's a huge responsibility. Yes. But then there is uh, also a lot of uh, regulatory issues uh, where you have now other people coming in to advise mm. and give guidance. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Unfortunately, for some doctors, they forget that uh, in the end, it is my personal decision that then uh, you know makes makes the the, the, the day or Brexit. Mm. So if if, uh, if if I am here with my patient. Uh, I have to make a decision, and that decision may mean that this patient to, will get better or get worse. Yeah. And I do not have time to go and ask WHO or the, the, the government what to do. Mm. So that personal responsibility that it is between me and my patient, mm. and what guidance I give is what is going to determine the outcome, mm. is something that is very special in the medical practice. Mm. Where you have a disease that has been long-standing, mm. say high blood pressure or diabetes or others, and a lot of papers have been published, and there is very clear, clear guidelines as to how one would take care of that disease, mm-hmm. then you would have come out of medical school knowing exactly what to do. Yeah. When you have a novel disease, something new that has just come, mm-hmm. then you are back to uh, what we call first principles. Mm-hmm. You you must go back to the basic knowledge, mm-hmm. work out what is uh, what, what is uh, you know from the first sciences, yeah. and come up with something that may be able to help your patient. Mm-hmm. And then you must look at people who are already uh, in the front line, people who are working out there. What are they doing? What is it they have found out from their experiences? Mm-hmm. But then you you must take personal responsibility for your decisions and what you do. Yes. Now, when you have a disease like that, this is an acute disease. Mm. All of us uh, are learning on the job. So yeah. remember, I'm a, I'm a gynecologist. Yeah. And now I'm talking about COVID. COVID yeah. yeah. Now, if I was talking about, uh, say, high blood pressure, mm. I should be asked why I'm discussing that outside of pregnancy when there is a cardiologist who would be able to speak about it better. Yes. But this one, we are all in school. All of us are in grade zero. <laughs> we are all learning is a new disease. Yeah. Everybody is on is learning on the job. Huh? Yeah. So, so you then must uh, look at your patient. What do they have? What is new? Uh, what have you learned? Uh, listen to what colleagues are saying and come up with something that is practical. Yeah. Uh, at that point, guidance from a world body mm-hmm. uh, is not useful at all. WHO cannot tell you what to do in an acute situation mm. because things are evolving. They're evolving every day. Something new is coming up. Yeah. And while the bodies would then need to digest this information for a year or two to be able to give standardized guidelines. Eh? Yeah. So in, in the acute phase, the person you go to listen to is a person who is seeing patients. What are other colleagues who are doing what I'm doing, you know, uh, are doing and then you make your, your choices. So it was very strange. It was very strange uh, to hear that um, WHO is telling us what not to do. And WHO is the one telling us what to do because it's very awkward. Yeah? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So so in, in an acute phase, a disease that is new, 
you are all of us are learning on the job there is no specialist in this thing right now mm. all of us are learning on the job as we go mm. and you must listen to colleagues who have done something that is useful uh to to remain uh, practical to your patient so if i hear you correctly you're yeah. saying that some of the regulatory bodies the government the who the guidelines are giving sometimes restrict the doctors or could restrict the doctors in being able to give care to patients that's what you're saying what i'm saying is mm. in, an, in a in a in a crisis situation like this yes it is the doctor who is handling the patient who should be guiding the government and who on what to do As not, the other, not the other way around exactly yes. okay. I, I have okay. a responsibility to my patient yes. this is what i'm seeing this is what my colleagues are saying this is what is working yes. we try what it is that they are saying and we see whether it will work for my patient it is not for a world body to tell me what to do it, it doesn't work that way the, the world bodies governments can give us Standardized care for diseases like malaria and others that have been around for a long time yeah. have been investigated and protocols developed, yes. but not for something that has just happened and is affecting the whole world. And everyone is learning at the same time. Everybody is learning at the same time. Thank you so much for that. Before, I'd, I'd like to move on and ask uh, you know, some questions about the vaccine and, and maybe even just how, uh, you know, right now a lot of my friends are losing parents. And mm-hmm. so maybe, maybe some thoughts on how we can care for the for our parents and the elderly, but I want to ask just a very specific question about treatment. So mm-hmm. this is a Lenko protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how does the treatment work? So you're saying you take azithromycin. Mm-hmm. Uh, for how many days do you take it? Okay. The the there's a link of protocol uh, as far as the the Kenya Catholic Doctors Association is concerned we we are really hoping we could use that for the pregnant women okay and breastfeeding mothers okay because they cannot take ivermectin which is the other treatment okay now the 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 way the the medicine works is that it is a zinc that uh, prevents the multiplication of the virus inside the cell Okay, so, so the, the zinc is the actual treatment. So the zinc is the actual but, treatment. It prevents yes. multiplication of the virus. Yes, okay. but unfortunately, mm-hmm. the, 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 the zinc would not be able to penetrate into the cell because it is a positive ion. Mm-hmm. So the, the hydrochloroquine helps yeah. to transport the zinc into the cell. Okay. So, so the first thing to understand is that they must be taken together. So hydrochloroquine is a transporter? Zinc is the is is, is, the, is, is, a, yes. is the active you know is the active yes is the active one that is causing the, the virus not to multiply. Okay. The other thing about the treatment is that it, the window that you have for treating the patient mm. is from the onset of symptoms. Mm-hmm. The first one is uh, as the symptoms are developing. Yes. Because that's the point where the virus is really multiplying rapidly and increasing in numbers. Okay. And the higher the number of viruses you have in the body, the most likely you are, you are to go into severe disease. Mm. So it must be taken immediately or soon after the development of the of symptoms. Of the symptoms. So, so now, are you saying there's a window in which this protocol then stops being effective if you're at a certain... Yes, yes. And, and, and in fact, it is very depressing, Amani, uh, because... You are saying if, um, like, the, one of the largest studies that was used to determine whether hydrochloroquine is useful or not mm-hmm. 
use hydrochloroquine only. They didn't give it together with the zinc. Mm -hmm. But even worse, they gave it to patients who are in ICU on ventilator support. Oh, no. Now, by that time, the virus has stopped multiplying because by the time you are doing 10 days mm -hmm. from the time of symptoms, yeah. there is no more viral multiplication. Mm -hmm. And you see, when you do a study like that and say hydrochloroquine is not useful, it's you are actually working. misleading people. Yeah. Because the doctor who described it said you must use it with zinc and you must use it at the beginning of symptoms. That one week window is where you really need it. Eh? Yes. So, so that is, uh, is again, um, abuse of science and it is very common. And uh, that is the study that was used to say hydrochloroquine should not be used. Mm. And the people who used it totally ignored what the doctor who had, uh, who had said it is useful had done. Yes. And, and, and you can see mischief in this. Yes. So the hydrochloroquine um, must be given twice a day. Okay. Uh, for about seven days, okay. and then the zinc is uh, is depending on which formulation you have. Mm. Uh, it's nice that the here in Kenya most of them are coming in twenty milli twenty milligram yes. tablets, so yes. forty milligrams once a day. If you get a twenty five milligram once, then it's fifty milligrams per day. So you, so you uh, take and, two and, to make forty or two to make fifty. Yes. Yeah. So so but once a day, and yes. then it's just for the seven days. That's the time for the viral multiplication. Yeah. The azithromycin can be changed. You can use azithromycin or different uh, other different uh, antibiotic. Antibiotic, mm -hmm. uh, but azithromycin is is um, easiest to use generally. Yeah. And even if it's taken for ten days, it tends to cover for about ten. Uh, if it's taken for three days, it covers for about ten days. And okay. that one was really just being taken to prevent what we call secondary infection mm. uh, then because of the risk of uh, the, so, the so just to get it clear you take it maybe for yes. three days but it covers you for 10 days it covers you for 10 days okay mm -hmm. now to cover the risk of uh, blood clots which would usually come if you end up in phase two of the disease where the inflammation comes in yes then it's good to start taking um junior aspirin or low dose aspirin yes. just one tablet every day yes then added to this, then it's important to be doing your steaming uh, at least twice a day. Mm -hmm. The steaming with just plain hot water. Yes. Cover your head over a little pot with some hot water. Mm. Uh, ten breaths through the mouth and you breathe out through the nose. Yes. That will take most of the heat into the lungs. Mm -hmm. And then you repeat another ten with uh, in, breathing in through the nose out through the mouth, which then takes most of the heat in the sinuses. Mm. You know, just uh, short breath, it just takes a very short time, uh, two or three times a day. And, uh, and you'll find that also reduces the inflammation in the chest. Now, that treatment mm -hmm. has kept a lot of people out of hospital. Including uh, yourself. Including you, yes. And uh, it is uh, it's important that um, we preserve that for the pregnant woman. Mm. Now, for the general population, then you are saying mm -hmm. you use ivermectin. Ivermectin, twelve milligrams, and you take those at the beginning of your symptoms, mm -hmm. and then in five days you repeat another dose. So, in five to seven days, you repeat the second dose. Mm. Then you still do your steaming. You still do your your um, your um, uh, junior aspirin. Oh, yeah. And uh, you can add the azithromycin uh, to to prevent uh, those. Uh, yeah. So, 
So, uh, and then, uh, of course, it's very important for that for both protocols, you're also on vitamin D supplementation mm-hmm. because vitamin D is very important for the immune system function. Mm. And even though we're in the tropics, we are beginning, we are seeing people who have deficiency mm. because most of us are going into the office before the sun is up. Yes. And uh, we go out when the sun is down. Yes. And when we're in the sun, we're in long sleeve shirts, uh, we're in full trousers. Yes. Uh, there's very little skin exposed to, to the sun, and that's what helps you to develop your vitamin D. Mm. And then Saturday has become a day of hustling. You know, Sunday you want to, to rest. To rest. So, so we are finding those, yeah. adults in the tropics with actually vitamin D deficiency, which is very dangerous if you have COVID. Eh? Mm. So a supplement of vitamin D, uh, depending on which one you have, uh, there are those that are 5,000 international units you must take every day. Yeah. Uh, so two weeks, or there are those that are 60,000 international units you take just once, once, once a week. Once a week, yeah. Uh, for, for two weeks, and then there are those that are, um, are very high dose. Uh, you then find one single dose has 300,000 international units, and you take that once and it covers you for two months. Wow, so okay. so those those would basically be the, the supportive treatment uh, that one would need to be on. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, the, the other one that we must remember to mention is that now during that time of treatment, you must closely monitor your oxygen levels. Yes, yes, yes. So the, the single pulse oximeter um, is a gadget you can use at home. If you have country, uh, you can share one in the village. Mm. The idea is if you check and you find the blood oxygen levels are dropping below 90, mm. then it means the inflammatory process in your lungs has reached a crit- critical level mm. and you would need oxygen supplementation. You need now to start using steroids and at that point, most people would require uh, admission for oxygen support and these other therapies. Right? Yes, yes. So, so these are these are things that um, are real. They are helping us. They are working, uh, but they will not be said loudly by WHO. In fact, they will put a lot of papers to discredit them. They discredit anybody who says they work. They threaten you. Uh, the government is being advised uh, by WHO operatives and WHO guidelines uh, that seem to all be pushing us towards uh, the vaccine. And uh, they will not, uh, we, we've shared this information with everybody we can. Mm. But uh, in the end, it comes to each one of us to take a personal responsibility. If you have a relative who is sick, just put them on the treatment, you have nothing to lose. Um, if you yourself are unwell, then uh, put yourself on treatment and uh, let's avoid any further death. You know, uh, l- let me first say thank you very much for this information. And and thank you for giving it to me at the day you did. Because you, you literally mm. saved my life, you know. And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you ended up saving the life of my brother as well, who was unwell, who I took care of, you know. Uh, what you don't know is that my other brother just tested positive on on, on Saturday, uh, this this last Saturday. But when he told me about his symptoms on Friday, I put him on the drugs immediately. Very good. Uh, by, by the time he was going to test, you know, and the doctor is asking him, you know, giving him advice on what drugs to take. The guy told the doctor, "I started yesterday," you know, and <laughs> that is uh, wonderful. And, and, and to be honest, my, uh, you know, th- this second brother of mine, he, he's had much less symptoms than all, started, of, all of us. He started his treatment early. Because it, we caught it very early. 
and we started this, we started this treatment very early so he's mm-hmm. not even had full blown symptoms and i think he's on his fourth or fifth day now you know that is amazing it's very nice uh and so thank you so much for this information because it's been life saving for my family and for mm-hmm. myself we thank god i want to talk about the elderly before we talk about the vaccine and yeah. um you know a lot of my friends have either I know I have some friends who've lost parents. Yeah. Uh, in the recent past, I'm talking about the last two, three weeks. Huh? Oh dear. And I have friends who have uh, currently parents in hospital with, oh with, with COVID. Yes. Uh, one who was actually taken in two days ago. And, oh. and, and I'm, I'm starting to see a certain dynamic because, you know, our parents are, you know, they're also obviously vulnerable. Um, and when they, but there's a, there's a, they get sick, uh, they start, when they start coughing, they're, they're stubborn, you know? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so what I'm hearing from my friends is that by the time they're taking their parents to hospital, you know, the, the parents are in a bad place, not, bec- yeah. not because maybe it was not preventable mm-hmm. uh, or they could not have been treated early, but because you, you have stubborn parents, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm. and, I'm, and I'm wondering, as a doctor, one who has to give advice to many people, how do you, how do you help someone like me ensure that my parents stay safe and if, mm. there are, and if they get symptoms that I can I have the language to be able to help them uh, start taking treatment or get treatment? Well, <clears throat> I think the best place to all, for all of us to start is um, to reemphasize the fact that COVID is real. Yes. There's, there's been a lot of stories out there, or oh, maybe it's not true, maybe it is this, you know. The thing is, COVID is real, and it is killing people. Mm. And the COVID is killing disproportionately. Mm. People who are over the age of 60, people who have comorbidities, mm. are the highest fraction, over 50% of the people who we are losing are in that category. Yes. Now, because they are not many, mm. What we have proposed as the Catholic Doctors Association mm-hmm. is if we could get this information out there that treatment is available for the disease. Yes. And we put all those parents of ours who are at risk mm. on ivermectin, just 12 milligrams once a week for a month, mm. because that will protect them for another eight weeks. Mm. What it means is that we have a three-month window within which we can fight this virus mm. very aggressively mm. and by june july we can make sure that it is gone from our country so you're saying so, so just hold on that's very important because you're saying that yes. right now i can put my dad on ivermectin yes he's not yes. unwell he's not yes. showing any symptoms yes but if i put him on ivermectin 12 mg for once w- once a week for four weeks for four weeks i'm giving him protection for another you're, eight you're, weeks. Yes, you protect him. So if he takes it for a month, he's protected another two months. Wow. Now, <clears throat> what we are saying is um, this medicine, because it is working both as treatment and prevention, mm-hmm. for the old and the vulnerable, mm-hmm. let us not wait for them to get sick. Mm-hmm. The minute we allow the children to go back to school and the children came back, yes. they're getting very mild symptoms, but they're bringing the virus home. Yeah. And, and now, especially when we locked down at the height mm. of the disease in Nairobi, mm. 
unclosed jobs, mm. what happened is that we took a very big dose of this infection up country. Mm. So it would not be surprising that in another month or so, there would be all the other counties will now start having um, very high rates of, of COVID. Mm. So it means our parents are now extremely vulnerable. Yeah. So it's important because they have buried their own and they have uh, they know relatives who have died. It is mm. it is not difficult to convince them that there is a problem, mm. and then uh, to tell them that instead of uh, the vaccine, the treatment, the prevention works even better. Mm. Okay, so we put them on the ivermectin all over the country. Any person who is over the age of 60, mm. uh, anybody who has um, those uh, diseases, diabetes, hypertension, anything, HIV, <coughs> whether you are 60 or not, mm. we put them on the ivermectin treatment mm. uh, prevention mm. protocol. Mm. Then we tell everybody who develops symptoms of COVID mm. to actually go have a test done and start on treatment even before the results come out. Yeah. Because even if your test is negative and you have symptoms, yeah. we are missing up to 30% of people mm. because there is a false negative rate of up to 30%. Wow. Okay? Yeah. So whether the, the test is positive or not, so long as you have symptoms, start taking the medication. Mm. Then we tell everybody who is unwell to make sure they check their oxygen level. Mm. Uh, in 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 two or three months, mm -hmm. we can actually be done with this disease. That is what we believe. Wow. Now, remember the vaccination exercise, uh, the one million doses will only cover less than 10% of the country. This is, is, is what, actually 0.1? I mean, 10% is, is at five, one five million. million. So one is, million is at yeah. zero point something, yeah. 0 0.1 0 or 2.5. Yeah, 0 .5%. yeah. Uh, and that is phase one. Yeah. It is a drop in the ocean, mm. yeah. Uh, mm. And uh, we are saying we we'll finish the, the vaccination would be projected to finish maybe 2023. Yeah. Who wants to wear a mask until 2023? Yeah. The alternative is we put the vulnerable on preventive care, mm -hmm. and anybody who develops early symptoms, we start them on treatment early. Mm. And the people who are on treatment monitor their oxygen levels, mm. and if it goes below 90, then you go for oxygen support. Yeah. What would happen is that uh, we estimate in the next two or three months, we mm. basically would be out of the woods. Wow. Yeah. That's such useful information. Thank you so much for it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my dad and mom on ivermectin today, you know. It's very, uh, it's very important. Ba based on this information. Now, uh, mm. let's talk mm. about the vaccine. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we have a disease that is preventable. Uh, we have yes. a disease at least that is treatable it's curable let's say it's treatable because it's still a new disease yes uh there's still a lot to learn okay so, so, we so let's we, we can treat it huh? yes and there's all this uh you know we're not talking about the treatment in public mm -hmm. so there's the emphasis on the vaccine uh and then there's all these different types of vaccines that we are hearing about and you know we are hearing conversations about different efficacies mm -hmm. uh, so um, my question is you know what are your thoughts on the vaccine should we be rushing to be to get the vaccine uh, mm -hmm. you know how much protection are we getting what's what what even what type of vaccine are we getting are we are we on johnson and johnson astrazeneca cg sputnik you know what's the <laughs> efficacy uh, uh, it's a lot of 
confused information for me who is just a normal civilian. Yes. You know, what, what, where can we get some sort of clarity? Well, the, the, the thing is that um, uh, medicine and science uh, are basically uh, very rational. Uh, science is very rational. Mm. And um, it's very logical. Yes. And uh, anytime you're caught up with new information, the best thing to do is to fall back to what we call first principles. Mm -hmm. Just go back to the basics. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do at the Catholic Doctors Association. So yes. a new vaccine has come. Mm -hmm. uh, we ask ourselves various questions. Mm -hmm. And the first question you ask is whether the vaccine is necessary. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. If you find that the vaccine is necessary, then you ask the second question is whether it is efficacious. Does mm. it actually work? Mm. And if it works, then you ask the third question, is it safe? Mm. And if you find it is safe, then you go to the last one and you ask, is it cost effective? Mm. Okay, so compared to whatever else that is available, mm -hmm. uh, is it cost effective? So mm. a, a very logical system, uh, very clear. It helps you not to make unnecessary decisions, especially based on passion or fear. Yes. <clears throat> now, when you look at the vaccines for COVID-19, mm -hmm. first you understand from a scientific perspective mm -hmm. that vaccines have never been used before mm. for uh, a, a pandemic. You know, a pandemic is just an epidemic. It, it means it's a new outbreak of disease, mm. but it is affecting a wide geographical location. So mm. it really is just an epidemic. It's mm. an acute, something very new yeah. that has happened. Now, mm. most acute disease this is like uh, the Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. In one or two years, it will burn out naturally because people will develop immunity and those who will die will die. And unfortunately, you know, um, eventually the disease will be defeated by the immune system. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether this uh, disease has ever been present in the human population before or not. That's mm. just how nature works. Mm. But then if we just sit back and allow people to die, then again, it is not very nice, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so, so, so the first thing we say in an epidemic is that it will probably have burnt down mm. or burnt out before you have developed any vaccine mm. and seen its value. Mm. Okay, so that's naturally what happens. So what you do is you, you put in contingency measures, you put in measures to reduce this risk of death, eh? And that's where we are aiming to flatten the curve. Yes. So, so mask, social distancing, wash your hands. Mm. Uh, and now we are adding go early for treatment if you develop symptoms. Yes. And we'll basically be able to, to defeat this, uh, this disease. Mm. Now, if the acute phase or the epidemic phase passes, mm. and you find we have gone in what is called the endemic phase, mm. This disease now is just hanging around. It is not quite going away. It keeps infecting people. Mm. People are dying, but, you know, they've already had immunity, but uh, people are still getting sick. Mm. Then now you can now talk about a vaccine mm. to try and eradicate this disease. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so vaccines were always for the second phase of managing uh, the, the disease yeah. when it is endemic, mm. like smallpox, mm. not in the acute phase. So that's that's the first surprising thing. Yeah. So if, if COVID uh, is already dying down, uh, it means if we measures put in place in another one year, naturally then it will be over this thing until another uh, virus comes. Eh? Mm. So that's the first one. We've never used vaccines to take care of 
an epidemic or, or a, a pandemic. pandemic yeah. Okay, it takes long to develop them. It's expensive. By the time you do safety studies, the disease is already dying down. Mm. But then for COVID, we are told because it was killing very many people, mm. it is causing a lot of death and destruction. Yeah. And now we are closing down the economy is suffering. Yeah. Then the idea was uh, let's approve vaccines for emergency use. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So all the vaccines currently mm. are allowed for emergency use only mm -hmm. because their safety has been studied for a very short period of time. Yeah. Now the sad thing is that most of these studies that have shown efficacy of the virus mm -hmm. of the vaccine mm. and the safety of the va va vaccine mm -hmm. are hardly published. So they are not available to the average doctor. Yes. So I, I cannot tell you whether the vaccine is safe or not because the safety studies that are supposed to be available to me mm. that are supposed to be public knowledge and published yeah. are not available. And uh, mm. this is because the vaccine has been allowed only for emergency use. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's the other thing. So we, we don't have um, the studies available to us, mm -hmm. but then we are told it is killing very many people. Mm. Now when you take how many patients we lost in this country over the last one year. Mm -hmm. By the end of December, it was about 1,800 mm -hmm. uh, people. Mm -hmm. It's very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. These are not statistics. They are not numbers. They are human they are beings. Human they are beings. our relatives. Yes. Uh, but if you compare that to the 53 million Kenyans, mm -hmm. you find that the risk of dying from COVID in this country, from a, a statistical point of view, is 0.037%. Mm -hmm. And this is without intervention. This is without giving anybody treatment. Now, when you compare this then with the number of deaths that we lost in 2019 in road accidents, mm. there are over 3,000, mm. you find your risk of dying from road accidents is twice that of dying from COVID. Mm. If you compare this to malaria, you find it is six times. The risk of dying from malaria is six times more than from COVID. Mm. And if you compare to HIV, it's about 13 times more. Okay, yeah. so on a scale where you're saying this is a very serious disease and it needs to be taken very seriously and we need to do a lot of things to prevent it, then you are saying that on that scale, mm. in this country, mm -hmm. there are many other problems. There are many, many other problems that are killing people other than COVID. But so if, if you were to look at it, say, from an emergency point of view, yeah. For this country, it doesn't qualify, okay? Yeah. It doesn't qualify to be allowed to use on experimental basis mm. based on the number of deaths that we have experienced. Uh, allow me to but, push back a little, uh, Dr. Yes, yes. Because, uh, you know, the, I agree with you on the statistics for last year. Yes. But this year seems a little different. Mm -hmm. And it feels a little different, even to me. Mm -hmm. In the last three weeks, I've lost five friends. Yes. To, to COVID, my my friends, my mine, mm. you know, yeah. uh, you know, people I can name that yes. I had a personal relationship with, and I've lost yes. them to COVID. True. And, and like I've mentioned to you, I have a couple of friends who've lost their parents mm. uh, to COVID as well in this in 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 this last maybe three four weeks. Yeah. Yes. So it it is it's starting to feel that maybe there's an escalation. You know, mm -hmm. from last year's uh, statistics, and, and I'm wondering: yes. is that escalation? Does it does it qualify for an emergency? 
the 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 connection is is twofold mm-hmm. and uh, it is good to to then look at it the idea is that um, if you remember children never went back to school the whole time we had locked down yes yes now this uh, may have been an accident because most of the places were allowing the children to go to school because they were having very mild infections yes but um, by god's grace uh, Kenya kept the children home mm. And what this has done is it helped us a lot because only the people who had to leave home to go and fend for a living mm. were exposed. Yes. Okay, so yeah. we had half the population that managed to stay at home, yeah. and uh, especially here in Nairobi, mm. and avoid being infected. Mm. Once we allowed the children to go back to school, mm. what happened is that the children went, they shared the virus, and came home with it to the people who had not gone to work. Mm. And now we started getting the other 50% of, uh, of people who were at home mm. now start and to get the infection. infection. Yeah. Okay? In fact, uh, I, got, I, got, I got mine from my daughter. And that's how yes. my, I got it. it my my uh, Their mother got it and uh, my brother got it as well. So the three of us, yes. we, we all interacted with her at the same time. So we, we are, I, I agree with you. Yes, so this this is what happened, mm. and, and the 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 other thing is that Cambry had already told us this is going to happen when the schools were opened. Yeah, they told us in March basically this is going to happen. Now remember that all this is happening without us saying that there is effective treatment, mm. and you can imagine what difference it would have made because we had already learned so much about the disease over the last eight months or yeah. so. Yeah, it, it would have been so easy to take care of this because it was projected by the scientists and we were expecting it. Mm. Uh, of course, um, it didn't help. Uh, it didn't help that um, it didn't help that uh, the politicians were being a bit careless and having all these uh, political rallies and political yes. rallies and things and and some so, bars opening and yes. people going to <laughs> drink. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. and then uh, of course the the new variants. Yeah. Um, you know, there there would be some variants that would come probably that were more aggressive mm. uh, and that would uh, make the spread. So the new variants are spreading much faster, but they are less aggressive in terms of, of causing disease. Mm. Therefore, you could get more people infected. So, of course, all this played up to give us this uh, this last uh, this spike that mm. uh, we are currently seeing. Mm. But you see, in, in the end, other than because we are personal and we can tell who and who has been involved, mm. they, they, if you look at the overall figures, mm. you will realize that... Um, the 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 disease from a scientific point of view mm. is not as severe as uh, even the other uh, things that we have in the country mm. now <clears throat> the the other area that would be very important is to understand that we now then go to ask ourselves mm-hmm. is the vaccine necessary mm. and uh, you find that considering the risks that are there statistically, mm-hmm. then the best thing to do with this disease to get rid of it is to treat the population. Mm. Okay? So 10% of the people are the ones who are at risk of getting the symptoms. Yeah. Okay? Mm. That would give you about uh, 5 million people in Kenya, assuming everything is held constant. Yeah. Half of this population is uh, below 24 years old. That mm. gives you 2.5 million people who may be 
at, at a slightly greater risk. Yeah. And then uh, by December last year, Cambridge had already estimated 50% of the people will already have contracted the disease and developed a immunity. Mm. You cut that down, and what you end up is with about uh, 1.25 million people at risk. Mm. Okay? Mm. Even if all these people got sick, Maranga, they, they, and, and you multiply this by 5,000 shillings, which is what the average um, Cost. treatment is coming yeah, to, yeah. taken from a high-end hospital, mm. then you're saying we look at uh, 6.25B mm-hmm. uh, as the, the amount of money you need to put everybody who is at risk on treatment. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the first phase of vaccination is to cost the country 34 billion okay mm. and this is just to take care of the 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 high risk the, the people yeah. who are the doctors the people in the military and all that yeah? Yeah. 34 billion and of this the government is supposed to put in 14 billion uh bill gates who is to give about 20 billion to gavi so you're saying half of what the government would have spent on vaccine is sufficient for us to put our people on Treatment, treatment for there the is treatment that is effective. Yeah. So when you look at the, 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 the cost effectiveness and the availability of what it is that you want, because the vaccines are, are just a million and we have 53 million of us, yeah. and Europe and everybody else is going to vaccinate themselves first before they give us the vaccine, mm. the idea is that with just taking the treatment and the preventive measures that we have said for the old people, yeah we actually would not need to roll out any vaccination in the country so it is it is from wow. this kind of this is from this kind of analysis that you you would then say it is not necessary now whether it is effective or safe mm. then becomes redundant mm. you see yeah. so we are not even bad mouthing the the, 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 the the vaccine mm. you know we, we are not bothering to say you know it is killing people it has blood clots it has all those things we are not bothered eh? Mm. All we are saying is, given our state of the economy, mm. and given the knowledge we have of this disease, mm. and given the fact that there is effective treatment, we actually don't need to vaccinate anyone. The other thing that you must keep in mind is that when you vaccinate, then remember you are giving the vaccine to a normal population, mm. people who are completely healthy and well. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. In order to protect those who may get sick from the disease. Yeah. So if you vaccinate 53 million Kenyans, okay, mm-hmm. and you vaccinate all of them against this disease, mm-hmm. and you find that the risk of side effects is only 1%, mm-hmm. then you're saying half a million people are going to get the side effects of the vaccine that you will give. Half a million people are going to get side effects, okay? Mm-hmm. But in one year, we have lost less than 2,000 people. So... If you look at that mathematics, what would be better to do? Is it better to risk the whole population having side effects of a virus, of a vaccine, even if it is mild? Or is it better to treat those who are already sick and not interfere with the healthy who are getting immune from the, 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 the virus without having to use a vaccine? The other thing to take into consideration is that the vaccine, for instance, the one that is here, mm. um, is uh, you're, you're taking a virus from a monkey that is called an adenovirus, mm-hmm. okay? And then you're putting into this monkey virus the genetic material of SARS-CoV-2 mm-hmm. that is creating the spike protein. 
Okay? Mm -hmm. So what you do is you create a genetically modified virus mm -hmm. that is the monkey virus, but now it is showing the spikes of SARS-CoV-2. Yeah. Uh, two things here that are very important. Mm -hmm. Number one, it is me, the scientist, who has decided which part of the virus I will use to produce antibodies. I have chosen the spike protein. Yeah. Okay? Yes. And it is the only one I have given you to, to, to make your antibodies. Yeah, I've given you only one option. Only one option, yeah. and it is me who's chosen it based on whatever criteria. Yes. Okay? Yeah. Then you have somebody who has gotten natural infection. Mm. The person who gets a natural infection gets the whole virus, mm. and it is the immune system that decides which part of that vi virus to form antibodies against. Mm. So what happens then is that anybody who gets natural infection mm -hmm. always gets better protection mm -hmm. than the person who gets the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So so anybody who has gotten sick and recovered mm -hmm. is currently our our hero. He is, or she is telling us we can overcome, we can actually uh, do this, and mm -hmm. we can get over it. And the vaccine will not give you more superior protection than natural infection. Oh, wow. It is very important for Kenyans to understand that mm. the, the vaccination immunity is always less protective than natural disease because the, the vaccinated person was only given a portion of the virus, mm. whereas the person who acquired natural uh, infection has been given the whole virus. The other thing that is very important is that the natural disease goes through the natural system. You breathe it in through the respiratory system. Mm. You first develop what is called natural the cellular immunity, mm. and it is the cellular immunity that trains the cells that will form the antibodies. Mm. That is how the natural system works. Mm. Always start with cellular immunity, mm. then come and develop antibodies later. The antibodies are very short-lived. Two, three months, they are gone. Cellular immunity remains active. Mm. for many, many, many years. Yeah. Now, when we give you the vaccine, mm -hmm. now we inject you into the muscle, mm -hmm. which means we overlook the cellular immunity. We, we overlook the natural fast barrier, mm. which is where your cellular immunity develops from. Yeah. So generally, anybody who has had a natural infection has better immunity than somebody who has been given the vaccine. And again, that is something that's very important to remember. Wow. One other thing about the vaccine that is very important for people to understand, mm. it is the person who refuses the vaccine that is at risk, isn't it? Yes. So assume the vaccine works and you get it, uh, Amani. Mm -hmm. Why would you be scared about me who hasn't taken the vaccine? Because technically you're protected. Yes, I have and a bulletproof vest. Yes, and, and I am the one who is exposed. Yeah. So when you hear scientists saying that the people who are refusing vaccination are exposing the others, mm. then you know that that statement is incorrect. It is not true. It is the person who is vaccinated should ideally be protected. But we have just understood that the person who got natural disease mm. is better off than the person who is, is vaccinated. Yeah. Then remember, they, they have already told us that the vaccine will not stop you from getting infected and it will not stop you from transmitting the disease if you get it. Yeah. So it, what they are saying mm. is that despite your vaccine, mm. you may still get the disease. Yeah. 
Okay? Yeah. So why not just treat those who are infected? You, you, you understand? Mm. Because with treatment, we can still reduce the risk of death and we can still reduce the risk of severe disease, which is the only advantage that the vaccine was supposed to give us. And then finally, if this vaccine, because for instance, um, you remember the human papilloma virus yes. vaccine that was being said to help to prevent cancer in little girls and were to inject it to little girls over the age of 10 yes. or 10 years and about. Yes. And again, the Kenya Catholic Doctors uh, Association said this vaccination is unnecessary mm. because this is a sexually transmitted disease. Okay? Mm. And the, 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 the idea is that the vaccination will probably protect the children for about 10 years. So by the time your girl is 10 years, uh, 20 years, and when they really need the vaccine is no longer useful. But uh, the fact that we analyzed it and found it was not uh, necessary. Mm. Only 0.1% of the people with HPV are not able to clear it out of their system. 99.9% clear it out of their system using natural immunity without you helping them at all. Mm. And this one, 0.1% who can develop cancer, then if you do a pap smear every three years, then you detect changes that would lead to cancer eight to ten years before the cancer has developed. Yeah. And Europe and America reduce the death from cancer of the cervix by just doing regular pap smears every three years. Okay? Wow. So we analyze this and we say it is not necessary to vaccinate our virgin children, isn't it? Yeah. Now today, information is coming uh, out that some of these children in, 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 in Australia, Europe, and other places who are vaccinated against HPV, mm -hmm. five, ten years later, are developing premature menopause. Okay? Oh, wow. Now, remember that the, the studies that checked for safety of the HPV vaccine mm -hmm. were run for six to eight weeks. Then you discover five or six or ten years later, mm. you have other things that you never fi found out yeah. that are becoming clear now yeah okay mm -hmm. now imagine you have vaccinated the whole population of kenya with 53 million people you have vaccinated them against uh, covid mm. and then 10 years later we discover there was something wrong that we hadn't known you're saying you can destroy a whole country you can destroy a whole generation you can destroy the whole military force you can destroy all your health workers it is not an easy decision to make to vaccinate the whole population and it is not a good decision to make where your disease is treatable. Hey. Hey. I don't know how to deal with this information because now I'm asking myself, so on one hand I feel like Superman mm -hmm. because I mean you, you, you've basically told me my immunity right now is better than that of someone who's been vaccinated. True. Um, and on the other hand, I know that maybe if I wanted to hop onto an aircraft tomorrow mm -hmm. uh, to go to another country, they, they might require me not to get a negative test, but, mm -hmm. to, but to show that I have been immunized. That is, that is true, uh, Amani, and mm. it is uh, very important that it has come out uh, clearly. Yes. The reason why you are to get the vaccination passport mm -hmm. or the health passport yes. is the reason why we have this crisis. Mm. You see, the, the, it, it is 
from the time we started with HIV AIDS, mm-hmm. you remember HIV AIDS? Yes, I do. And uh, we were told that even if your spouse is positive, mm. yes, mm-hmm. and I know that you, your spouse is positive, mm. I cannot tell you because I'll be destroying my patient-doctor relationship with that patient. Yes. And that I can actually be sued by a spouse yes. because I have disclosed their HIV status so to their partner yeah. without their yeah, permission. Consent, yeah. So so the issues about medical health mm. and the issues about vaccines and the issues about the treatments that you're receiving mm. has been something that has been protected by the Geneva Protocol of Human Rights. Mm. That even if it is HIV, I cannot tell your partner, even though I know that you can transmit it to them. Yeah. Now, where we are being taken mm-hmm. is where now you will be walking around with a badge saying how many vaccines you have been given mm. in order to be allowed to access services like air transport. Yeah. That, Maranga, has nothing to do with COVID. It has to do with control of populations. And people need to open their eyes and see that COVID is being used as an excuse to introduce medical health as a control measure before you can access goods and services. The day we surrender that as humanity, it is the end of our autonomy as we know it today. I don't know how many people can see that danger, but it is very clear in my eyes Mm. that if I have to give a passport or something or some document before I can enter into a restaurant, before I can go somewhere, that is based on the medicine I've agreed for them to inject into my body, then I have just opened a Pandora's box that every year another SARS will be created and every year another vaccine will be created and somebody is going to make money from that cycle of illness and vaccination, illness and vaccination. And if I put something that is not good in that vaccine, then I can actually destroy a specific area of the community depending on who I vaccinate and with what I vaccinate them with. We, we are going into some very, very dangerous area, and that has nothing to do with medicine. So remember, all along we had discussed COVID-19 yeah. and how to manage it yeah. and how to go back to normal. Yeah. The minute you start saying, I cannot do certain things unless I have a health passport, yeah. then now I have introduced a new form of slavery. That is a totally different agenda, and it is, it, is, uh, it is made nonsense off by the fact that we have treatment. Today, a person who is vaccinated can actually generate a vaccine certificate from their system. You can get one on email. Okay? Yeah. So today, um, CDC in the U.S. is already developing a criteria of how those who have been vaccinated can start to go back to normal. If you can't see this picture of, of, of a control of somebody taking away your independence, that it is now somebody or a state or a, a, an organization, a private organization that will say who will access what service, mm. then I fear that you're totally blind. Hmm. I don't even know if I, if I should follow that train of conversation anymore because it's such a it's it's such a Pandora's box, yeah. In fact, um, I would also rather not uh, follow it. Um, but 
it opens up um, the mind of anybody who uh, wants to ask questions. Yeah. Why would you be fighting with simple doctors who just want to do their work to prevent death and to help their patients get better by telling them not to do exactly what they know what to do. For instance, WHO says, I give you Panadol and I send you home and I ask you to come back when you have developed difficulty in breathing. Mm. All right? For COVID, yes. I know there is medicine that can reduce your viral load. And I know if I don't reduce your viral load, your risk of going into severe disease and, and, and critical illness is very high. Yeah. But the advice of WHO is I don't give you treatment. Now, we know that your difficulty in breathing will develop after your oxygen levels have been low for a very long time. So if I don't tell you even while on treatment to monitor your oxygen levels, then I am actually putting you at very great risk. So if I do what WHO has told me to do, take these painkillers, take these vitamin Bs and that, go home and come back if you have difficulty in breathing, what I have given you is a prescription for death. And I know this as a doctor. And I choose to do what my training has taught me to do, to put you on treatment and to tell you to use an oxygen uh, oxygen meter. Mm. And if you have difficulties, you come. if your levels go down, you come. You come I am practicing yeah. medicine. What WHO is asking me to do is witchcraft, is, is, is a recipe for disaster. Now, I don't really care why they are doing it, but it will be completely absurd for me to follow that instruction. I should never have gone to school if I was to agree with them. Now, they, they are promoting the use of vaccines in the middle of a pandemic, and the vaccines should not be used unless your disease is an endemic. It, is, it doesn't make sense, again, it doesn't make any scientific sense, it doesn't make any logical sense at all. And especially where treatment is available. What we should do is treat this disease, prevent the old people from getting the disease, and in two or three months we are back to normal, and we don't need vaccine certificates, we don't need vaccine passports, we don't need all those things. So unless there is an agenda beyond the disease, that if people continue dying, they are likely to line for the vaccine. And if they line for the vaccine, they must get a vaccine certificate. And at the end of this crisis, we have established a world order where you cannot move around unless you have a vaccine certificate. None of these instructions make sense at all. So for me as a simple doctor, I would rather not take my mind there. Mm. Leave me alone to treat my patients the best way I know how. Mm. Don't interfere with them. Don't make the medicines I'm using disappear. And then let us wait and see who between the two of us who have done the right thing. Wow. Mm. <sighs> this is so much information, but I am so grateful that mm. we, we, we have you know, courage like yours to speak mm. truth to power. Mm. Um you know, to guide us, give us clarity. I remember you telling me that some of the people who got SARS, you know, 10, 13 years ago are not getting COVID. They, they were able... Not getting COVID. Yes, there is cross immunity. The, the, there is cross immunity and, 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 you know, they were able to, they're able to withstand, I guess it's what you were trying to explain, that cell, cellular level of immunity. immunity. Yes. 
there, there is another another thing that uh, maybe just to clarify for those who attempt you know are considering the vaccine yes the idea is if you understand mm. that natural infection has given you a superior protection than anybody who is receiving a vaccine mm. then what you will understand is that anybody who has been sick who has developed this disease mm. doesn't need to be vaccinated mm. and because the person who has been vaccinated has only received one portion of yeah, the virus of the vi- yeah. that has been chosen by a scientist in the laboratory. Yeah. And this vaccine will not stop them from infection mm. and will not stop them from spreading the disease. Mm-hmm. My advice is, even if, if you know you haven't suffered from this disease and you have gone and taken that vaccine mm. and you develop symptoms for COVID, yeah. for goodness sake, take the medicine and take it even quicker than the person who had not been vaccinated. Mm. Because the assumption that you're protected may make you delay taking the, the, treatment. the treatment. Yes. Yes. Then, then finally, it is the person, if you have been vaccinated, ideally, mm. you should be the one who is protected. Mm. So if I choose not to take the vaccine, I cannot threaten you. Yeah. Do you understand that? I'm not putting you at clear. risk because you're the one who re- yes, who has because, a protection. Yeah. Yes, because there is a lot of issues out there that it is now my moral duty to be vaccinated. Yes. So that I can protect the others. Yes. That is total rubbish. It is. It is the if if if, if indeed the vaccine is working, mm. the guys who are vaccinated should throw away their masks and walk around without any masks because they should be protected compared to those who have not yet received the vaccine. Yeah, but we know but that the, the vaccine, vac- you know, doesn't protect you from infection. Yes, it doesn't. So the, why take the vaccine in the first place? You know, we are in the same boat, in, in the, you know, in the, yeah. in, in, in the end. So the, the thing is, um, if we were to use logic and not use commercial interest and not use power play mm. and just, just be doctors and take care of patients, mm. All we would have done is one month we go around telling people about the value of the treatment, mm. how it is taken, who should take it, yeah. the value of preventive care for the old people, keep our masks on for the next two or three months. Those figures will start coming down on their own. Mm. And once they go down to zero, we can start relaxing everything. So that by June, July, we are hugging again. We are hugging. We are, we are shaking hands. You know, we don't have our masks and life goes back to normal. But the person who is telling us we will not go back to normal ever, that we all must be vaccinated. And even after that, we must have a passport for us to accept services, access services. That person has something that they need to tell us. There is something they know that is not clear to everybody else. (sighs) Dr. Wahome, Uncle Wahome, thank you for your time. Thank you for the information that you've shared. I don't even, I don't want to add anything to it, but I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for several for several things. One, thank you for taking care of me. You You're welcome. You, you 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 saved my life and thank and I, you know I owe you for that. And in in turn, you've allowed me this this knowledge that you gave me while I was unwell. I have shared it with a lot of people who have contracted the disease. I've shared it with my brothers. And I can testify that I'm better.
for sure. And you, you spoke to me when I was unwell, so you know the state I was in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm better. My brothers are better. Um, and, and, and if I needed any evidence of what you've said, then I have the evidence because I've, I've experienced it myself, you know? Um, so I want to thank you for that. Thank you so much for taking care of us. Um, thank you for this information as well. Thank you for the courage to speak truth to power, for sharing information that I can testify is working and that you, you know, your work, you and your, your, your fellow doctors, the people in the association uh, of the Catholic Doctors Association and people who are believers like you who have gone out of their way to make sure that, you know, uh, progressive doctors that have gone out of their way to make sure that, you know, the population gets treatment. We thank you. And lastly, I want to thank you for taking your time to speak to me, uh, being on this podcast and sharing the knowledge with me. I am completely grateful for it. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much. Um, just a, a parting shot. Um, we, we have always been told to be very clear as doctors that we treat it as God who heals. Mm. Uh, because you can put two people on the same treatment, one makes it, one doesn't. Yes. Uh, so that credit goes to the Almighty God. Mm. And the other one is basically that um, there is hope and it is doable. We can defeat this disease. But then we must use channels such as this. Uh, people should share this information uh, because we don't have the capacity that we would have had if we could go to national radio and national TV, mm. uh, address people, tell them what we know. So share this information. Let us save lives. Mm. Um, I really don't care who makes profit or who doesn't. Uh, so long as we can uh, save lives, then my work is done. I agree with you completely. And so if you're a, if you're a listener of this podcast, you know what to do with this particular episode. Share, share, share. Let people get this information. Let them learn. Let them hear um, the right thing. And listen, t- put your parents on Ivermectin 12MG right now once a week for four weeks. Do it. Do not waste time. Do not gamble. Uh, I've seen I've seen too many too much loss for this to for this to make sense. So do it. Dr. Ngari, thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, thank you for your thank time. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Uh, yes, and I, I look forward to seeing you very soon. Uh, Asante Wonderful. sana. Thanks. Thanks.